1: On the AM seven forty Garden Show with Charlie
2: Dauban. Hey, good morning from the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, as well, Charlie.
3: The under undergardener.
2: Under undergardener, yes. that's me. Oh, I got I got to do a shout out. yep <laughs> oh, of course. Okay, so I guess, yeah. It was uh, yesterday morning. Yeah. I went out to uh, Glen Allen Motors. You know the guys are going to be on the air. Uh, of course, right? Yes. Uh, from Dave Corner Garage. Gelman So his I had brother. a problem. I had a problem with the car. That I mean, it could have been really really serious. Thank goodness I went to Glenn Allen Motors uh, because Alan Gelman took care of me, and it was like 140 bucks. It could have been like 1,500. Oh my goodness! And he, you know, he well, you're obviously good friends with him. Oh, well I'll tell you. But he introduced me to a gentleman who was standing at the counter. He said, "Oh, Frank, meet Joe Burns. He's a regular listener." The guy turned around. He said, "Hi." <laughs> so. And, he, and I, he was surprised because I think I sound much taller on the you radio. You always say that. Yeah. Well, it's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm it's a, true. Fairly, I'm a little guy.
3: But that's what's kind of cool about Glen Ellen Motors because yeah. I've been there as well. It is a neighborhood kind oh. of a place. If You feel like you're in the, the TV yeah. show Cheers or something when you go in there. It's like everybody exactly. knows they're right. everybody. And yeah. They're all Laughin', hanging there's out. There's always laughter.
4: There's yeah.
2: There's always they're Telling
3: jokes. And,
2: yeah. You know. So God bless him. And no Joe beer, Burns, though. nice meeting
3: you. All right. Uh, Enough. The Garden
2: Show. Oh, phone numbers. better do that, okay? All right. In Toronto, if you want to talk to Charlie, and I hope you do, 416-360-0740, then anywhere else in the province, 1-866-740-4740. Remember our mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And please make sure you uh, talk to Sebastian. If you're a first-time caller, let him know. He'll let me know, and you shall hear... Oh, there it is. There's the bell. Oh,
3: you okay, remember? Done. I'm All done. Right. All right, you're done. So not as many announcements because hort societies do slow down in the summer and have very few meetings, but there are still a couple of garden tours mm-hmm. going on. Today, as I've mentioned in the past, is the Bob Cajun Horticultural Society's 19th annual garden tour, tea and market. That's from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. The Bob Cajun Hort Society invites you to tour seven lovely gardens enhanced with horticultural display. Refreshments and music. For more information, triple Community Care Durham-Uxbridge's also 19th annual Gardens of Uxbridge Garden Tour is taking place today from 10 till 5. It's a self-guided tour, and it's a great opportunity to see beyond the gates of nine private gardens in Uxbridge and the surrounding rural area. Tickets are $25, and that includes a delicious box lunch. The tickets are available today at the Uxbridge Senior Centre, 75 Marietta Street, Uxbridge. If you're wondering why I'm holding the paper two inches from... From my face, it's because I can't see it, it, because all the lights are burnt out in here. I'm like reading this in the She's dark. She's really cranked at the technical <laughs> crew, oh, boy. <laughs> the Burlington Horticultural Society's annual garden tour is tomorrow from 12 till 4 p.m. Tickets are $10. There are six private gardens and three community gardens featured on the tour. Do
2: you hear this, folks? Just man, Hold up those are Kleenex. I'm just giving you so she can her tears. Right. All her tears. There you are, Charlie. Listen.
3: For more information, uh, contact Sandy at burlhortsock, S-O-C, at gmail.com. All right, uh, a couple more. The Applewood Garden Club Summer Tour is also tomorrow from 10 to 4. Nine gardens are featured, including a tea room in one of the members' gardens. Tickets are $12 and can be purchased at Applewood Home Hardware, 1077 North Service Road. And my final announcement is this Tuesday, July fourteenth, seven thirty p.m. The Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is holding their final summer general meeting and free lecture by Marilyn Cornwell on romantic gardens of North America. She's a great photographer. eh, Marilyn Cornwell, I've um, oh, I know of her yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Uh, she's from the Etobicoke area. Uh, uh, she's a member of the Etobicoke mm-hmm. Hort Society but she's presenting Romantic Gardens of North America. Guests are welcome. Refreshments are included. They meet at the Scarborough Village Community Center, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Okay. But I, can I just do one more thing? Yeah. Well, okay.
2: okay. Sure show. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Remember
3: last week, Paul Oliver was here from the Urban yeah. Nature Store and we had people calling in with bird stories. Mm-hmm. All right. I just got to share this one that was sent in by email from Marilyn. She said today, this is when she wrote it. Uh, she had gone out without her telephone. This is last Saturday, so she wasn't able to call in with her story. But she wanted to share this story anyway. Back in the late nineteen seventies, after her family had moved to a house that was in that was back in the era of those initialed grills for the aluminum store, storm doors. Remember, oh, you, oh, you yeah. could have your last initial. Made into your storm door. They had a birch tree on the front lawn, and if there was a nest, the children were taught to observe, not bother. One day at lunch, there was a terrible squawking at the front door. Our son said, There's a bird at the door. Sure enough, one of the nesters was holding onto the grill and making a terrible racket. We went to check and found the cat from next door at the base of the tree, and the bird thought the nest was in danger. Our son chased the cat. But we were amazed that the bird came to us for help. It was quite, made quite an impression as recently our now 52-year-old son brought up the incident. So they were oh, talking okay. about it recently, remembering wow. that. Yeah. And the other story is about they have a resident red, red-winged blackbird that lives uh-huh. in their garden. If the bird bath he uses is low on water, he actually yells at us until we add more too funny. (laughs) Thanks, Marilyn. Good stuff.
2: And uh, at 9.13, almost Mm 9.14, we better scoot along here. We have a whole bunch of folks waiting online. Mary, Carol, and Kim coming to you very shortly after these words from Zoomer Radio. It's The Garden Show.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: On this beautiful Saturday morning, after a fantastic uh, opening to the Pan Am Games, we'll talk about that later in the afternoon. Let's get to the phone lines right now, though. Mary from Brampton, hello and welcome to the show.
5: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, called before on my Amaryllis, which I still have, it's about five years old. Nice. I don't know, I don't supposed to go dormant. Unfortunately, my plant doesn't know it because it's
3: throwing up new leaves. <laughs> no, no, it's it's still too early to go dormant. Okay. Uh, it, sometimes you have to force them to go dormant, but you won't do that uh, until for another say month. And at that, a month from now, just stop watering.
5: Okay. Do I need to change the soil because it's been sitting in the same soil for about two and a half, maybe three years?
3: Mm, amaryllis like to be in a fairly small pot, oh, so yeah. you want the pot to be just slightly larger than the bulb. Mm-hmm. Um, Two and a half, um if you see roots growing out the bottom of the pot then yes i would perhaps go back to the same pot with some fresh soil yeah, but think- but wait until you're, you're you're doing that whole dormant thing wait till you slow because leave it growing let the leaves grow keep it in the sun for another month months from now stop watering leaves will turn yellow they'll fall off and you'll leave- never does Pardon? It never gets. It never gets yellow. Well, stop watering. Put it in the dark. The oh, leaves well, will turn means, yellow. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
5: just a quick comment. You mentioned White Rose. You used to work for that? Oh yes, I did. Yep. yep. Oh my goodness. (laughs) brought back a lot of memories unfortunately they all closed down years and years ago
3: I know they went bankrupt a final Ah. bankruptcy in 2002 Charlie was
2: charging too much for his services that's that's the reason
3: (laughs) no I had actually left White Rose they went bankrupt six weeks after I left
2: did you see what you did that's what (laughs) I always thought I I knew I was
3: important but (laughs) (laughs) okay
4: thank you very much thanks Mary
2: thanks for calling Garden Show AM 740 Zoomer Radio and let's talk to Carol in Mississauga good morning Carol
4: Good morning. Morning. Um, uh, I enjoy you folks. I listen every week. I'm a first time caller. Oh,
2: oh, wait a minute. Gee whiz. There's your there wings. We are. Okay. Wings. Welcome I to the have show. a
4: question for Charlie. Mm-hmm. My neighbor had ingredients that go into a spray for weeds that include detergent and a couple of other things, and she can't remember what <laughs> it's made up of, and I never knew. But I'd like to try it if I can find the recipe.
3: Okay. Um, you can google there are many recipes for both insect and weed control on the okay. web however
2: oh, i just comes. want to say oh, here <laughs> it comes you get ready for a tirade no, this is so I, funny i'll be oh. gentle
3: i'll be gentle Will you? Okay. i'm just not a really big fan of homemade uh pest control or weed control for a couple reasons one is you don't really know what is going to happen when you spray this mix. It's often a mix of things like vinegar. It might have some salt. It might have baking soda. It might have, like you mentioned, detergent or soap. There's all kinds of funny little recipes out there. I, I sometimes worry that when people mix up these concoctions, a couple of things happen. One is they either don't work, so it's just a whole waste of time, or they do work, and, or, and they work too well. And so they not only kill the weeds, but they kill everything else. Or they kill the weeds, and then they make the soil toxic afterwards, and then nothing grows there. No weeds, no nothing grows there because of toxicity left behind. So I'm just a little hesitant to be a huge fan of, like I say, homemade concoctions. For okay. for weed killer between patio stones and pavers, there's a very simple spray on the market. It's called Path clear and it is vinegar and it's a strong enough solution of vinegar that it will kill the weeds in between the stones but for weeds that are in the lawn there's something out there called weed be gone which is an iron-based spray which will will kill the weeds and not kill the lawn so okay. I, that's what i would be more inclined to go with
4: Okay, thank you. It's better than hands and knees with a big screwdriver. Yeah, <laughs> <There>, you got.
3: <laughs> well, right. I don't know. The hands and knees with a big screwdriver works for me. Well, as, she, she long, does it with a
2: wine bag. I was going to say so, as know. long
3: as I have my backpack <laughs> <laughs> wine cooler on my back. Oh,
2: thank, you. <laughs> thank you both. Thanks, okay. Carol. Bye-bye. Take care, Carol. Thank you for calling. And uh, gosh, we're in time here. Oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold on just a flash here. Uh, Kim from Mitch Hill is next up on the line, but. We have to get to a little commercial break here, Mm -hmm. and as as is our wont, we like to talk about Sierra Silver because it does everybody well. Not everybody, but almost everybody a a great deal of good
3: relief. Yeah,
2: it's a it's a, a very natural product that was discovered in the Sierra Mountains years ago, developed by a company that is based. In Vancouver, they're wonderful people to deal with, and I want to let you know about you know they have the regular uh, pills that they make. To, we take three Sierra in the morning.
3: And Sierra is all about joint relief, joint That's pain right. relief.
2: Then there's the analgesic spray if you're you know got Which sore is muscles. Which more about muscle That's relief. What, but yeah. now they got a brand new product on the shelves at uh, natural health retailers, and it's called uh, well, it's uh, Joint Active. Formula Active. Yeah. Okay, blends premium, well-researched curcumin with a half dose of sierrasil mineral complex, and curcumin is the natural active ingredient in the spice turmeric and is clinically proven to have a higher analgesic effect than acetaminophen. Deciva. Acetaminophen.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, so basically avoid taking aspirin or yeah. Tylenol or any of those things when, for to relieve pain yeah. because curcumin, completely natural, can do that same thing for you or better.
2: And it's guaranteed effective, all natural and significantly easier to digest than mm-hmm. other pain relievers, vegetarian friendly. And non GMO.
3: Nice. Okay. okay. So, so and, and as Frank said, m- most people will find relief. Um, you'll know within 14 days whether this particular product will work for you, which is how the phone number comes in. Give them a call at 1 877 joint 14 or check them on the web, sierracil.com.
2: S I E. R R A
5: S I L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, for scythia and fox clubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, Stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You
1: pick the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dolbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: <laughs> Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, I'm just laughing because we got in this great discussion, because the question's coming up momentarily about ants, and I said, well, you you kind of like it I do not like ants. I mean, oh, boy.
3: <laughs> you said, but they do all this cleaning up. Well, you told me. And I just said, I'd rather have cleaning staff than rely on ants to do my cleaning. <laughs> oh,
2: wow. Just watch out how you deal with it this morning, okay? <laughs> uh, word for the Feisty. Huh? Feisty <laughs> is right. Kim in Richmond Hill, good luck to you. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Kim. I need your help. help. I what? just bought five cedar trees. Mm -hmm. They're um, about five feet high. I could go into the bush and get taken out by the deer flies and horse flies, Mm -hmm. but I figured I'd buy them instead. (laughs) Now, I want to take them up north. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Can I leave them in the pots for the winter?
3: Okay, so they are in pots. Uh, You can leave them in the pots for the winter, but you're going to need to bury those pots underground before winter. Okay. Okay.
4: Because if you plant them now, that means you have to water them. And if I'm not there, how late can I leave them in the fall to plant them?
3: But, September, okay. October, November? Just, just let me clarify something. So you're worried that if you plant them, they might get insufficient water. But if you yeah. don't plant them, they're still going to get insufficient water, aren't they? Like, how are they going to get watered in the pots?
4: All right. <laughs> oh right! Oh right! Yeah, I, I I know what you're saying now.
3: Um, because how often do you go up to the cottage?
4: Um, probably, in, uh, probably two couple more times, and then in September, October might be once a month, and that's it. So, you know,
3: what I, here. you know what I would do? I would keep the cedars at home in the pots, keep them in a shady spot, water as necessary. So, depending on the size of the pots, it might be every day with weather, like mm. this really hot weather. Uh, so, you know, water thoroughly till the water drains through. When we get closer to, say, the end of August or early September, mm-hmm. and you, you're going up to the cottage, mm-hmm. take them then, mm-hmm. plan to plant them then, uh, take with you something called a transplanter fertilizer, That's or
4: trans.
3: yeah, there's names like Quick Start or um, or transplanter, mm-hmm. or the organic version of that would be bone meal. Basically, it's a high phosphorus soil amendment. You will use that in the planting holes as you're planting to encourage root growth as quickly as possible. So, um, do the planting when it's cooled off a bit, late mm-hmm. August, early September, theoretically it starts to cool off. Often we get rain then as well. Yeah. Uh, so, get them in the ground. When you're not there, there's a better chance of them getting some natural precipitation.
4: Do I buy uh, that sack stuff to put over them to protect them or not? You know no. The sack. Hmm?
3: No, you don't need that. The only yeah. reason we would sack cedars is if they're going to get sprayed by salt because they're oh. near a highway or a street. Uh, otherwise, cedars are hardy plants. They should have no issues with with the cold. They should deflect the snow quite well without, you know, getting flattened. And uh, yeah, the main thing is get them in the ground, watered very thoroughly when you do get them in the ground and then try and visit them at least once or so before winter comes. Someone
4: uh, told me to get a bag of cow or, or sheep manure and put that around it and dig it all in the soil? Yes, probably
3: a good idea. Often oh. cottage country soil tends to be very rocky and very mm. well drained. So some well-composted manure will just add a little bit of organic material to the soil which is always good that helps with moisture retention
4: thank you so much oh you're a lovely weekend thanks for your
2: call yeah take care of richmond hill for us Uh, you are listening to zuma radio and it's the garden show of course charlie dalman is the master gardener i am yes merely merely the under (laughs) under gardener don't forget
3: that merely word
2: Uh, (laughs) (coughs) willie oh hey we've got a first time uh, caller from oakville now willie welcome to the
4: show well, thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, hi, Frank. Hi. Um, I got for my birthday a cute little plant, mm-hmm. which I found out through the, the giver that the name is L I S I A N T H U S. Yeah, Lisianthus. Liz- um, yep. I've never heard of it. I've oh. never seen it. It's beautiful, it's purple, and it's got two plants in there, purple and white. Nice. And I wonder if I do the right thing. I've had it for 14 days. It's in a, uh, in a northeast uh, windowsill, mm-hmm. and it asks for lots of water.
2: Well, <laughs> uh, Charlie just <clears throat> brought up the picture here on the... Uh, screen for me it's
3: beautiful yeah it's really a pretty plant and it's unusual people often go what is that because it's so Mm -hmm. showy and where is it from uh, it's an annual uh it's an annual plant that i'm actually where is it from originally i thought i'd have to double check uh but it, it is an annual flower so uh you have you have it indoors obviously yes i have and uh the north don't expect it to flower forever and ever and ever just like It'll likely stop flowering at some point. But if you do keep it inside the home, and it, of course it's not outside to be frosted in the fall and winter, it could stay alive as a houseplant. plant. Uh, for how long i'm not sure i don't think of them as a very long-lived plant uh do use fertilizer now when you're watering just a flowering plant fertilizer follow the instructions for the mix and and plan to 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 be you know um, amending your watering with fertilizer about every two weeks and i would keep doing that right right as long as it continues to to um, um, form flower buds, I would continue to feed it fertilizer. If you see it stopping uh, putting out any flower buds, then just go to straight water and it may just go through a bit of a dormant period through the winter and then start to flower again in the spring.
4: That sounds beautiful. And Mm. is the northeast window still a good idea?
3: Um, It does like a bright spot. So certainly right in the window is important at this time of year. So it's, it's probably getting, you know, it's a good bright spot, no direct sunshine, but it's nice and bright. So that, you know, it should be fine. Okay, beautiful. All thank
4: right. you very much and have a
3: good weekend. And don't be a stranger.
2: Now that you've made it through the first time. Yeah, thank you're you for coming. Okay? And,
3: and here's the update on where it's from originally. It's a great um, example of a Pan American uh-huh. plant. It's originally from the you know, southern United States, Mexico, Caribbean. In Northern South America, so it's it's from that region. So it's mm-hmm. a sort of good a Pan one. Am flow. That's what I'm saying. It's a yeah. good one in honor of the today being the first official day of the Pan
4: Am game.
2: Absolutely right.
3: Oh,
4: we're so well. Well, nine
2: thirty-two. Well, that means we've got time for more calls here. Sophie from Hamilton. Good morning, and welcome to the show.
4: Good morning to you both. Good morning, Charlie. Hi. Um, I will say what I need to say, and I will hang up because I can't hear you well on the telephone. Okay. Okay. I have a flower garden with perennials and mostly the lamium. Mm -hmm. The lamium um, was one of, it was the work of nature, the Mm -hmm. birds and the bees. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful, and it's been there for 20 years now. My problem, an area, uh, two meters by one meter, is full of white, small flies. The area has died and dried. I went to clean and replant. I came across the largest Ant colony. Mm. I feel bad that I disturb them mm. and they do bite. Oh. What is the best way to deal with my problems so that I can clean and replant, please? Thank you.
3: Hmm. Okay. All right. Good question. Thank you, Sophie. I was yeah. Just
2: running over the radio to crank it up again. Yeah, oh. exactly.
3: Turn, <laughs> hang up the phone and turn up the radio. Right. So big ant colony. And this, this is what we were sort of giggling about earlier was that idea of, you know, what good are ants anyway? And, uh, my whole thing about ants is that it's very difficult to annihilate ants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like you, like you said, Sophie, you've disturbed them. They all, burst out of the ground and you said that they were biting ants which is even more Red frustrating maybe, maybe or fire ants we were talking mm. about fire ants damien and i the other day um yeah so biting ants on the property never a good thing so what do you do all right this goes back even to our, our caller who wanted to make the homemade um weed spray mm-hmm. uh carol because you know honestly yeah you take a shovel you open up the antil, you pour in some gasoline and you light it That'll kill the ants, but it'll also make the ground completely toxic and you'll never be able to grow anything there. So what do you do? Mm -hmm. So you've got to drive those ants off the property. You've got to make that place where they are a not happy place to be. So you know, I, I kind of consider myself an ant herder. I'm always, if there's an ant hill on my property, I'm always herding them off the property. Of course, the neighbors what a great visual You know, the neighbors <laughs> are typically at the cottage as I'm herding ants towards their properties. But um, so, how do you do that? Well, boiling water, you opening oh. it up, boiling water, you know, running back and forth with kettles. Boiling water right – but you've got to open that hill up a bit because you've got to expose those eggs. You've got to expose the pupa. Because remember, an ant that we think of as a crawling insect has legs, and that's the adult version of an ant. But a baby – ant is either an egg or a pupa and it doesn't really go anywhere at all. It can't move. So the the adults or the workers are racing around trying to save all these legless creatures and you're running back and forth with boiling water, slowing everything down and making life miserable. That can work. There there also are some sprays on the market and there's something actually called, I think it's called Ant Be Gone. It's permethrin. So it is a natural insecticide but of a high concentration. So again, opening up that hill spraying, it's very effective the ants stop in their tracks because i have used it a couple of times this summer and they just come to a dead halt they're not going anywhere so again you're not going to kill all the ants but what you're going to do is drive them away away so that the surviving adults will grab whatever's left in the way of eggs and pupa and race on out of there and the rest will just you know will die there on your doorstep a week or so from now, go back in there and open up. Make sure there's no living ants. Uh, and raise, repeat yeah. And yeah. until you're clear enough that you then get some fresh soil. Because of course they do melt the soil when they build their their so. Get some fresh soil, compost, some manure in there, and replant. That's my suggestion. Wow,
2: yeah. that's great. No, uh, okay. I think that's.
3: Uh, I think I, I
2: I'd be tempted to do the boiling water thing first. I mean, really inexpensive. Uh, that's right.
3: Yeah, and again, very non toxic. Yeah, it sounds
2: pretty effective yes yeah. it's the
3: running back and forth that can be a bit tiring <laughs> keeping yeah. it boiling as you're running right we
2: are <laughs> well uh we've got time uh, just before our next break here to talk to mary who is in newmarket good morning mary welcome to the show
6: good morning it's first time i've called you oh, oh well wait welcome
2: about. there you go
6: thank you very much you're welcome um i have a rose of sharon mm-hmm. it's about uh six feet tall uh, quite big round It's a double uh, purple one. Mm -hmm. And uh, this uh, spring, it it, it never came up, uh, like leaves never came on or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But just three weeks ago, I started getting one on some of the branches. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it is is dormant. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know whether I should cut them off or wait and see if any more comes on the other side or, or what to do.
3: Yeah, it was a pretty cold winter and many rows of Sharon certainly suffered in that cold winter. What I would do now, whenever a plant, like a woody plant, a shrub or a tree, has delayed dormancy, so everything around it is growing, it should be growing and it's not, and you test just by gently with your thumbnail, scrape the the surface of the bark a tiny bit, if it's green underneath there or it's white, it's alive, you know, that woody tissue is alive, Mm -hmm. it's flexible, you know, it's, it's not brittle and dead. What I will typically do, if nothing else, is I will prune the tips of the entire plant. So pruning an inch or so off all the tips, mm -hmm. trying to force it awake, force it to grow. So in the case of what you've got going now, you've got some growth on one side and none on the other. So I would still do that. I mean, sure, it's July, but it's amazing. Some plants are still alive in July, but still worried that that winter might come back <laughs> so they're not taking any chances mm-hmm. um, so do this, do that little scraping on the, the bark where there is no growth at this point see if there's some flexibility in those branches if there is, then prune the tips if there's not if the the stems and branches are just dry and wrinkled and clearly dead prune back until you reach live wood, so you want to remove anything that's clearly dead and the tips of anything that's alive and just see if you can get it growing again Ultimately, you want a balanced plant. If it only is going to grow on one side... Ultimately, it will fall over in a big wind, right? You know, it just doesn't work when a plant is only alive on one side.
6: Yeah, as well, as well protected, though, this big hedge behind it and yeah. everything else. Yeah. But it could, you know, the, the wind could come up and do that.
3: Well, uh, yeah, and once it gets the flowers going on it, right? I mean, yes. they get, certainly can be quite heavy with flowering. So, and of course, you don't want to do massive pruning now because you're just anticipating the flowering of the Rose of Sharon. But certainly find out what's alive, find out what's dead, and then plan to do, if necessary, some proper shaping of the whole plant next spring. Okay, wonderful. Thank okay. you very much for your help. You're very welcome. I okay, your call.
2: thank you. 9.39 uh, and a half, which means <laughs> here on the Garden Show with Charlie <laughs> Dublin we got to take a little bit of a break. But we will return after those words and uh, have a word with Murray calling in from Paisley, also Erica and Virgil's waiting to talk to Charlie. And we shall return after these words.
1: Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And
2: here we are on The Garden Show with uh, Frank Proctor aboard as the undergarden sous chef of the garden. And boy... um, I'd mentioned Murray is on the line from Paisley. Mm-hmm. Well, let's Google Paisley. I want to know exactly Actually, where I it think
3: is. I took the initiative and did that, but well, whatever. Well, yes, you did. Oh, <laughs> yes, right. you're
2: right. A heritage town of 1,100 people in Bruce County, the Saugeen and Teeswater Rivers converge at the heart of the town, making for a beautiful and unique scenery along the main streets, and you quickly today, pointed out that
3: today is the Paisley Bass Festival, starting at three p.m.
2: Yeah, and they got a lot of other stuff going on there too, including whatever is on Murray's mind. Yes. Hey, Murray from Paisley, welcome to the show.
7: It's Marie. Um, oh, Marie. Like to know what time of day, and um, should you water new sod?
3: hmm Yes, you should. Particularly what if it's... time mo-
7: of day is it best to do it?
3: Early in the morning.
7: So, I can do it twice. So, would you start it early, say, after midnight, and then do it again after lunch, or...?
3: No. You don't want to ever do any watering in the garden around noon, uh, because you have... Ma- that's your maximum time of evaporation... Okay. ...because of the heat and the sun. So, we because we're always thinking about using our water efficiently and effectively... Right. The best time... And, and you shouldn't have to water twice. Is it a huge area? How much was Quite sodded? Quite a large area, yeah. So you're talking about putting out a sprinkler yeah. and leaving it on for a little while. Yeah. And would you have to move that sprinkler or can you just Actually, put it on? I
7: have irrigation.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, I see. So you're wondering about setting the irrigation. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so it's a, the whole property was just recently sodded. Right, right. So would
7: you, you start, at, say, at 3 in the morning and then...
3: What? I Yeah, so you're right. Now, this is something where... You will have a you will have different settings depending on the weather. Right. And yes, the best time probably to start would be about three or four in the morning. Okay. Depending on the kind of soil you have, is your soil fairly sandy or is it more clay? More clay. Okay. So probably you would put the the um, irrigation on for about mm, twenty minutes. Okay. And you have different zones on your property. Right. So each zone will come on for, and these are the, and you probably have some gardens and some lawn, or is it basically right. all right. lawn? Yeah,
7: it's uh, gardens and lawn.
3: Right. And are the zones separated by gardens and lawn, or are some right. of the zones both? They're separated. Okay. So <clears throat> what I would be doing, assuming the garden is fairly well established, right. I would have the garden zones coming on for. As much as mm, uh, might be as much as a half an hour mm-hmm. every second or third day okay once mm-hmm. whereas I 'd have the lawn zones coming on for about 20 minutes yeah twice
7: yeah
3: every every day right now because we don't have any rain in the actual right. forecast. But if we get some rain then drop that down to once, once every 24 hours 20 minutes on all the lawn zones. Right. And you'll find that, that it's, it's, you, you don't want it soggy, right? You don't want to drown this this sod. Right. The other thing is go out and check it during the day yeah. see how it is. Make sure that it's moist but not soggy. Okay. And and you'll notice the edges of sod is where it'll start to curl if it starts to get a bit dry. Oh, all right. So so walk, walk the lawn, yeah. walk the newly sodded lawn, particularly on the edges. Okay. Get those down in contact. If they start to lift a bit, you want to get them back down in contact with the soil below to get those roots getting growing. Okay, good. Okay. And do you have any friends that have really big feet <laughs> you know, or snowshoes? Well, I
7: can wear some big boots. <laughs>
3: yeah, don't be going out there in stilettos. With no. the, the bigger the feet, the better to oh. go out there and walk Jeez. walk the side. Marie, oh. don't offend
2: all your neighbors by saying,
3: excuse me, have you got big feet? Yeah. Uh, oh, now, my.
2: are you a first-time caller, Marie? No. You're not? Okay, well. Okay.
3: Nice to hear from you again. Thanks for calling.
2: Okay. Bye-bye. Paisley, that sounds like a great spot, eh? I love it? the name Paisley. And they, oh, they've got what? Uh, Ride the Rivers, a bike tour coming up tomorrow. So check that out.
3: Just go to the I'm going to take my bike there. It's, it looks like they've got yeah, some nice biking yeah. trails.
2: You know, when I was working in St. Catharines, Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, many... I Actually, I worked there a couple of times, but... Uh, a little town on Highway 55 that's between St. Catharines and Niagara and the Lake is Virgil, Yes, and to remember the Virgil Stampede uh- Oh, great stampede country. of, yeah, of the, what that, dogs that and cats? The, uh,
3: no. No, what stampedes but, in Virgil? Well, they
2: had they had horses and what have you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. No, it is farm t- country for sure. Took the kids out there and they just loved it, and I did too. In fact, I, they had me milking a cow. Oh my God! Did you do
5: it? Did you yeah, get some yeah, milk out yeah, yeah, of the cow?
2: I did. Uh, it was uh, the cow. I don't think was too pleased with my technique. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. What are these dangly things? You know, yeah. no, no. But
5: anyway, Erica. Why <laughs> I
2: mentioned all this? Erica is <laughs> calling, the, from a, a calling from Virgil. Calling from Virgil. Hi. Good morning, Erica.
5: Good morning.
3: Morning. Good morning. Do they still have the Virgil Stampede? Oh yes, it's still going strong.
5: Yeah, good. Is that
3: like a fall <laughs> event or late summer? I or...
5: think fall, isn't it? It's It's always in spring. Oh, in the oh, spring. Well, there you go. May twenty fourth weekend. Oh, nice. Oh. And is it like horses? And, and... Uh, It used to be horses. The horses have left the left the area.
3: I know it's all grapes in the area now. I know it was very mixed farming years ago, but it's quite a grape heavy kind of area now. <laughs>
5: A lot of rides and uh, kids' activities.
3: Yeah, and I hope they have, like, a cat and dog stampede or
5: something. Oh. <laughs> or lambs or something. They used to have a pig run, but I don't know whether. Oh, yeah. I wasn't there this last year. I don't know whether. Oh, and they God, always have a, a mud bog. Oh, nice. That's yeah. the best. <laughs> okay. <Most>
2: popular. <laughs> yeah. So what's on your mind today, Erica?
5: I, I'm wondering about our tomatoes. Mm-hmm.
4: Um,
5: they are starting to curl. The leaves are curling. Mm. Um, not just, you know, they're not turning yellow, mm-hmm. but they're they're curling, I mean. and there's no insect in sight, and it's not, like, a, we have a community garden here at the home, mm-hmm. and um, it's not just my tomatoes, it's others, other tomatoes as well, other plants.
3: Hmm. And it's not a question of water. Everything's thoroughly watered. Yes.
5: Yes, that's no, yeah. And uh. it's...
3: Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I'm just. There's a couple of um, particularly diseases that tomatoes get. Do you know what variety of tomatoes that you've got growing? Um.
5: Well, one. I, I have. I have four or five different kinds. Do you? But there's um, a glamour tomato. Hmm. There's two. A, a yellow small cherry tomato and a red cherry tomato
3: okay, no it's good
5: um, yeah and they and then there's i i've got one plant that's a russian
3: oh nice, a dark one yeah yeah, was it stripes is it green with dark stripes or is it just like a purple tomato
5: no it's 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 just a dark yeah big almost like a an uh ox uh ox what was they call them?
3: Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, all right. So, uh, sorry, I just got a cramp in my leg. Frank's looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I was sitting well, in a strange of contortion position here. Right? What the <laughs> hell's going on? Um, all right. <laughs> the reason I ask for variety is because the, some tomatoes, particularly some of the older heritage varieties, are not at all resistant to some of the viruses that tomatoes can get. Okay. And when we we buy and plant tomatoes, there are tags in the, tomatoes and beside the name there will be little Uh, letters that indicate the resistance of the variety. So, for example, if it says VFN, it'll be resistant to verticillium, fusarium, and nematodes. And there's various resistances resistances out there. Um, Okay, so just looking quickly at some of the reasons why tomato plant leaves can curl, one would be an attack by whitefly, but you have looked closely, you see no evidence of any insects whatsoever. No. No. Um, Because white fly are a, a piercing insect they pierce the underside of the leaves and they will often transmit disease when they do that mm-hmm. um the other would be uh such hot weather and dry conditions of course can cause curling too much moisture and cool conditions can cause curling so oh, we sh- we okay. s- are you noticing that the curl is happening worse the, like at high noon than it is at say 6 p.m.
5: It, it it seems like it's it's at all it's the same. Just all the hmm. yeah, all the time. All right. So it doesn't sound good um, because
3: you're just going to have to watch. Just um, there's, as far as I know, no actual cure for uh, the curling of leaves. But do recognize that fertilizing the plants, maintaining consistent moisture on them, is important to try and maintain as big a health as you possibly can. Alrighty, righty. Thanks, Erica. Okay. Very Appreciate good. the call.
2: All righty. You know, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. But, you know, so I'm doing some further reading. The last time we spoke about Sierracil mm-hmm. uh, and their brand-new product on the shelves. Uh, it's called Sierracil Joint Formula Active. I just did a little further uh, reading of the pamphlet they supplied. And listen to this. It's uh, this is the uh, well people throughout Asia have benefited from the healthful effects of curcumin for centuries mm-hmm. and curcumin is the orange pigment in turmeric mm-hmm. that's the primary ingredient in curry and it's a potent antioxidant that offers numerous health benefits including supporting joint health and cardiovascular function and helps to maintain the body's normal inflammatory response and the very special brand of curcumin is called Meriva It's a unique curcumin extract that is significantly better absorbed than other Hmm. uh, curcumin extracts. So if you have problems with the joints and that third and thing and pain at yeah. all
3: in the joints get or pain. It. because the whole idea with Cerasil is to try and be a, to maintain activities there you go and for all of us as we get older the last thing we want to do is is get more sedentary than we might already be yep. we want to actually take it up a notch get walking get kickboxing golfing <laughs> gardening whatever it is bike riding and we want to do that as pain free as possible Cerasil can really help if you experience any joint pain give it a try 187 Seven, joint 14 or check them on the web sierrasil.com
2: s-i-e-r-r-a-s-i-l
1: fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than we do realize and should little creatures become a big problem well then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio am 740 let's push
2: right along here my gosh uh, mary from beaverton on the line good morning mary
1: good morning
6: morning Uh, I have a question regarding a wisteria. Mm -hmm. Um, My wisteria is, uh, I understand they take about five years to mature, and mine is in its fourth year now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was originally planted to grow up a TV tower and then across the back of my house, but we've added an addition, and there's not going to be enough room there for it now because it's it's extremely healthy and bushy and very leafy. And um, I was wondering, is it safe to move it? Before its maturity?
3: I would. I, if it's in a spot where it can't reach its full potential, I would move it sooner than later. Okay. So that could be this fall or next spring. Okay. Um, taking as much of a root ball as you can. Wisteria are a very vigorous vine, though. So keep in mind that to really, you, you not only need to give it the time of years, like the, the maturity level to flower, but then there is a fair amount of training required with wisteria. Otherwise, it will just take over your entire property. You'll lose your house. You yeah. won't be <laughs> able to find it. <laughs> like overnight, it'll just become so big. So I'm exaggerating, but still, it is. A, it's a very vigorous plant. So I would. Yes, indeed. If you can move it, make sure when you, you give it something to grow on that is very sturdy.
6: Yeah, um, I'm I'm considering putting it on a wooden fence, but. Okay. Um, so I should do it when the weather is a little bit cooler? Yeah,
3: like? transplanting in July is never recommended unless absolutely necessary. Okay. So better to wait till late August, early September.
6: And when I replant it, should I be adding fertilizer to it or should I wait until the spring to fertilize
3: it? Yeah, no fertilizer when we're, we're transplanting or planting unless we use a transplanter fertilizer, something that's high in phosphorus. Okay. Generally, what I like to do is ensure that I'm providing a good soil, a fairly, you know, nutritious, fertile in the sense of you know, high inorganic matter, good quality, well-drained soil. That's what you need more than anything. And a handful of bone meal or some transplant or fertilizer. And then in the spring, we we talk about regular fertilizing. Okay. All right. Thank Uh, you very much. You're very welcome. And Mary, um, if you have access to the Internet... I do, yes. Because um, I quickly uh, Googled wisteria, and the Toronto Master Gardeners have quite a good page on on how to grow wisteria and how to encourage blooms. Okay. So if you just um, go to torontomastergardeners.ca ca and search wisteria, you can look up. It's a it's very very um, informative.
6: Oh, okay, great. Yes, thank you. you. Want
3: that, okay.
2: Well, thank you for joining the show yeah. here. Yes, Just,
6: you guys have a great day. Thank you. Okay. Thank
2: you. <laughs> and a great day it is, too, in Toronto particularly, yes. with the uh, Pan Am Games on. Is you didn't catch the opening ceremony? No, did but, you? Oh, yeah. You oh, were there? My. No, no, no. Oh. I No, I watched on, on the TV. How tube. cool are you? Yeah, how oh, oh, cheap I? I, <laughs> I don't know what it cost to go there, but it would have been... Worth the price. It was price. sold out, I it heard. Was, yeah. And Cirque du Soleil did a magnificent it job. Heard, yeah. and, uh, all the best of luck, though, to our some 245 uh, Ontarians who are...
3: No, Japan, Canadians, Canadians. No, Canadians,
2: no, not no, no, no. There's what? more than that. Yeah, from across the country. Yeah, there's more than that. See, 117 from B.C., 245 from Ontario. Large How many contingent. hundreds of athletes well, does Canada 600, have? Well, about 600. 600 for Canada. Uh,
3: Really? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it really—it's big. I didn't think it was that many. I thought well, I heard numbers that were closer, to like three or four hundred. No, okay. I, I
2: don't think so.
3: But you know what? Anyway. As, as I was driving here this morning, yeah. I was coming across Lakeshore, and I was listening to the radio, and they were talking. There's a triathlon starting this morning, yeah. so they there was women. It was a women's thing. Jumping into the lake as I was driving down the Lakeshore to start and the first leg of the triathlon. They are
2: favored, maybe, to win that. I so know. let's keep a close eye. On it. I anyway, know. the best Very of luck exciting. to all the guys, and welcome to Toronto to all the rest of the folks from, from 41 all, other countries. That's right, wow. from
3: all over the, the Americas. So what do you got going on for the weekend?
2: Uh, we're scooting out of here because we're just about fresh out of
3: time. Okay. Well, Two I'm o'clock, just, I'm back. All right, well, I'll see you next week. Okay. <laughs> Thanks,
0: Sebastian. Thanks to all our great callers. Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.